1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And uh, I was studying and looking, and the Lord laid this on my heart. And I'm going to share it with you because it's something I, I just don't hear anybody really talking about this. But I think it is, uh, it's part of the ministry of the local church. Uh, the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, if you're there, say amen. All right. It says here in verse number 25, verse number 25, brethren, pray for us. Now, that's pretty simple, isn't it? Boy, the Bible's really hard, y'all. I'll tell you what, you need a Greek scholar to help you understand what that means, don't you? Brethren, pray for us. And tonight, with God's help, I want to speak to you on the subject, how to pray for a preacher. How to pray for a preacher. It's very important that we do that. And uh, there's too many preachers losing the battle and a lot of Christian people sitting there letting him. I'm going to say that again just in case you missed it. There's a lot of preachers out there losing the battle and there's a lot of church people sitting there letting him. And it shouldn't be that way. So let's pray and then we'll get into the message tonight. Lord, I love you. Thank you for your goodness and mercy and your grace. God, I pray tonight that you'd please speak to hearts and God, that you'd do a work in our lives tonight. Lord, I know that, that building Christian character is just a brick by brick, step by step, little here, little there process. Lord, tonight I know that maybe I won't preach a message that lives will be radically changed, but God, I pray that you just add that little bit of extra Christian character, that little bit of lengthening, that little bit of strengthening, that little here and little there tonight. Add that to us tonight. Increase our Christian walk and increase our lives and that help us be more like you, Jesus. God, I pray as I speak tonight, help my mouth to cl uh, speak clearly, help my mind to think clearly, and we'll give you glory and, gr and praise you for everything that you do. Fill me with the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Paul asked his favor. He said, uh, guys, look, look, God's doing great things. And I, I like 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. He talks about verse 16, re rejoice every more, pray without ceasing. He goes to verse 19, quench not the spirit. Verse number 20, despise not prophesying. But there in verse 25, right at the very end, he says, brethren, pray for us. And I believe today that uh, one of the ministries of the local church that is neglected today is the prayers for the men of God, the prayers for the pastors, the prayers for the evangelists, and the prayers uh, for the missionaries. I think that is something that we maybe are weak on. But I think every Christian ought to learn how to pray for preachers. Now, let me just ask the question today. What do I mean when I say pray for a preacher? Well, I'll give you three things real fast. As you go, go with me to the book of uh, Jeremiah chapter number 20. Jeremiah chapter number 20. I want to tell you that, number one, a preacher is a man who is called by God. A man who is called by God. God calls all men unto himself to be saved. Absolutely. I don't believe in limited atonement. Limited atonement, my hind leg, Jesus Christ gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I do not believe in limited atonement whatsoever. God calls all men unto himself, but God does not call all men to the pulpit. He certainly does not call women to the pulpit. Whatever spirit is drawing women to stand behind the pulpit and preach to the local church is not the Holy Spirit of God. Is everybody okay with that? Tell Joyce Meyer I said so. 
Jeremiah chapter number 20, Jeremiah describes the condition of his heart, and he says there in Jeremiah chapter 20, verse number 9, Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. But his word was in mine heart as a burning fire, shut up in my bones. And I was weary with forbearing, and I could not stay. I want to tell you right now that when God calls a man to be a preacher, God puts a preacher inside of that man. And I want to tell you, it's not something that he does. It becomes what he is. He doesn't just preach. He is a preacher. That's exactly right. When God called me to preach, I had to abandon everything that I was. God did something inside of me to where I, I no longer desired a career in the secular world. I desired to stand behind a pulpit of wood and preach the Word of God. And I didn't care if it was a street corner. I didn't care if it was a YouTube channel. I didn't care if it was a church. I didn't care if it was an open air market. I didn't care if it was somewhere out in Africa. I didn't care where it was anywhere. I just knew that God had called me to preach and the only thing that I could do from here on out was preach because it was like Jeremiah said. It was a fire in my bones. It was burning in me and I could not stay. It, it wasn't that God wanted me to preach. It's that God made me a preacher and I had to preach the word of God. Amen. When I went to Bible college, we had a bunch of these mama called preachers show up. And you'd ask them and say, how many times have you preached? Because, you know, when you're 19 years old, you just called to preach. You know, you can count on both hands how many times you have actually preached. And we one time came to a guy and, and that was the common question among us guys. How many times have you preached? How many times have you preached? And we met this one guy and they said, how many times have you preached? And he said, I preached once. But the only, the only reason I did that because my mom made me. And I didn't like it. But I'm here to get better. And I'm telling you, that's not the call to preach. I'm going to tell you that if you if God puts a preacher inside of a man and God calls a man to preach, that man right there, he will he will preach at the drop of a hat and he'll drop the hat to preach. He'll find excuses to preach. And if there is no place for him to preach, he'll make a place to preach. Glory to God. And that is what a preacher is. A preacher is a called man. But let me say also number two, as you're going back with me to 1 Timothy chapter number three, not only is a preacher a called man, I would say a preacher is a qualified man. The preacher is not only just a called man, a preacher is a qualified man. 1 Timothy chapter 3 gives the qualifications of a man. And uh, someone got on me not too long ago and says, you, you think that women should never, ever preach under any circumstances? I said, well, that's only half true. And they said, why is that? I said, because I really kind of think that most men shouldn't preach either. Because they don't fit these qualifications here. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse number 1 says, This is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. A bishop must then be blameless. That's a good one. You know, they, uh, they just let that old guy, Jack Scott, they just let him out of prison. And I guarantee you there's going to be a bunch of morons out there that are going to book him for a meeting. He got messed. First Baptist Church, Hammond, Indiana, just in case you didn't know, Jack Scott, the predecessor to Jack Hiles, got messed up with a teenage girl and went to prison for 10 years for it. And he's out now, just this week. Some yahoo's going to book him for a meeting. The Bible says blameless, meaning he ought not have some scandal out there on him. That got real cold. It says blameless. 
blameless, the husband of one wife. That's a tough one. Vigilant, sober, of good behavior. That's probably where I'm disqualified. Amen. <laughs> given to hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine, no striker. I know a preacher who does jujitsu, and he says the Bible says no striker, but it don't say nothing about choking people. I said, Amen. <laughs> not, well, hey, he's not wrong, you know. Not greedy of filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler, not covetous, one that ruleth well his own house. That's, oh, buddy. That's a tough one. Man wants to stand up and fight the world, the flesh, and the devil and preach from the pulpit of wood, and he can't even tell his three-year-old kid to sit down. Something wrong with that man. Hallelujah to God. Well, that got cold too. What's wrong with y'all? Having his children in subjection with all gravity. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must have a good report of them that are without, lest he fall into reproach and snare and the snare of the devil. I want to tell you that a preacher is not only just a called man, a preacher is a qualified man. There's a lot of people out there that, man, they, they stand up in pulpits and they, they try to preach, and truth be told, their lifestyle is a total negation of everything they say from the pulpit and the Word of God. Amen. This is exactly right. And the Bible says in verse number 7 that they bring a reproach and, a, and they fall into the snare of the devil because they are standing in a place that God told them they were not qualified to stand into. Amen. Not only is he called man a qualified man, but go with me to 1 Timothy chapter number 1. I believe that a real real preacher, not only is he called and he qualified, but he's a placed man. God places him somewhere. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 12, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, notice this, putting me into the ministry. Putting me into the ministry. I want to tell you right now, there, there's these groups on Facebook, preacher, I see them, and it's it's... You know, it's these guys, they're like, hi, my name's so-and-so, I'm looking for a church to pastor. Putting out their resume. I just, I don't think, maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm just being legally, I just don't think that's how the work of God works. I mean, if, 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 if they, listen, God knows my phone number. And if it's God's will, God will bring it to me, I ain't got to go hunting it. Exactly right. Well, some of y'all are getting nervous. I, I'm, I'm kind of worried. Did I say something wrong, preacher? Oh, weird. Y'all okay? Brother Johnny, you okay? He done, he's mad at me about that drywall comment. <laughs> Glory to God. You ain't got to hunt it down and send out resumes and put out feelers. If it's the will of God, it'll come. God will drop it right in your lap. You ain't even got to look for it. If it's the will of God to work in Dominican Republic, then a missionary will call you out of the blue and ask you to take a ministry. You ain't got to go looking for ministries to get involved in. Glory to God. Because that's exactly what happened to me. He's a called man, a qualified man, but a placed man. So the message tonight is how do you pray for a preacher? How do you pray for a preacher? I'm going to give you four things, and I want you to go with me, first of all, to Romans chapter number 15 tonight. And basically, we're going to just hop, skip, and jump through four of the pastoral epistles, the Pauline epistles tonight. Preachers need your prayers. 
They need your prayers. I'll tell you why. Because preaching is not like a secular career. It is very draining. First thing you can pray for your preacher and pray for preachers in general. Number one is that they would be refreshed in the Lord. The Bible says, Romans 15, go down there to verse number 30. The Bible says, Now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake and for the love of the Spirit, that you strive together with me in your prayers to God for me, that I may be delivered from them that do not believe in Judea, and that my service which I have for Jerusalem may be accepted of the saints. Verse 32, That I may come unto you with joy by the will of God, and may with you be, what's that word, church? Refreshed. I want to tell you that ministry is a physically, emotionally, and spiritually draining thing to do. And if you don't believe that, I hope that God calls you. Amen. Uh, the myth about preachers is that they sit around in the office and drink uh, drink coffee, eat hot dogs, and and just uh, while you're out there sweating all day, they're around here at the church just sitting around in their in their house slippers doing nothing. And, and that's really not what preachers do. Uh, I want to tell you right now, preaching is exhausting. Many times we would go out on the road. I'd travel, preach Sunday morning, Sunday night for a place, and then all day, all day Monday, I just wore out, just drained, and all just just I'm completely gone. But preachers have demands placed upon them and their family that are not placed upon the average family in the local church. And I want to encourage you to pray for their refreshment. Uh, go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter number 15 real fast. We're going to go to the next book over. We're there in Romans. Let's go over one book to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And uh, excuse me, 2 Corinthians chapter 15. I'm lying to you. Pray that I'd not be a liar no more. Amen. Excuse me. I'm, I'm sorry. First Corinthians 15. I'll find it somewhere. I'm, I'm, I'll find it somewhere. Let's see here. Verse number, where is it at here? Uh, that's the wrong verse anyway. No, just trust me. Preachers need to be refreshed. Because they get spacey. And they write the, the wrong verses down. And it's, a, it's terrible. What verse? 18. There we go. What are you saying here? 1 Corinthians 15, 8. That ain't right. And then you got people in the, in the pews lying to you. 16, 18. Is, is that what I wrote down? There we go. There it is. Okay. You get spacey in the pulpit. Pray for me. Says there, verse number 17. Let's go there, chapter 16. I am glad for the coming of Stephanus and Fortunus and Achaeus, for that which was lacking on your part they have supplied, for they have refreshed my spirit and yours. Therefore, acknowledge ye them that are such. Now, I want to tell you right now, I want to be one of those people. Now, there are a lot of folks out there when the preacher sees them coming, they duck behind a shelf at Walmart. Because they're all, they're needy, negative. Yeah, did you hear? No, I didn't hear and I don't care. It's petty drama, sissy britches. Not, grow up a little bit, amen. But you know what? Some people need to be, uh, be the epitome of that prayer. Pray that God would refresh Paul, but also be refreshing to a preacher, give him something good to say, amen. 
I think preachers need to be refreshed three ways. They need to be refreshed socially. You ought to be a friend to a preacher. They need to be refreshed scripturally. They need to uh, they need to get some good materials and they need to read some good books. Amen. And also they need to be refreshed spiritually. Vance Havner said this not long ago, and I, I remember listening to it not long ago. He said, nothing is worse than a baker who has lost his taste for bread. Nothing's worse than a baker that has lost his taste for bread. And truth be told, I'm going to tell you right now that a lot of preachers get to where they are wore out and they just go on through the motions. And you know what they do? They need to be refreshed by God's people. Just like Moses had to have somebody hold up his hands, that's going to have to happen at some point. Amen. So not only that, the preacher, you need to pray that the preacher would be refreshed. Number two, you need to pray that the preacher would be resolute, refreshed, but also resolute. Go me to, to the book of Ephesians. Maybe I got this reference right. We'll see. Ephesians chapter 6. And verse number 18 is where we're starting. Ephesians 6 verse 18, the Bible says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints, as for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak, uh, and may speak boldly as I ought to speak. You know what Paul's saying there? He's saying, pray that God will give me the backbone to say everything I need to say in this old wicked world. And I'll tell you right now we live in a world that's getting really weird really quick i believe right now all this roe versus wade stuff is revealing the evil heart that people have and i'm telling you right now we need some preachers at a rear back and without fear of man or favor of man just let the chips fall where they may and just say this is what it is and this is how it is and if you don't like it then take it up with god that's what god's word says this is the gospel of the lord jesus christ and if paul is praying there he said let me and pray for me that i would have the boldness to speak the things that I ought to speak in this day and age. Amen. Every, let me just say God has called preachers to be the voices that cry against the wickedness of this day and that really is no small thing. I believe that that the, the pulpit, the, the, the place that a pastor holds, the office that a, a bishop holds is more important than the office of the President of the United States of America. I believe that. And I want to tell you that to do this office and to do this work, to do the work of preaching, reproving, rebuking, exhorting, it takes a holy boldness that only the Holy Spirit can give and I want to tell you that we need some preachers today that will be bold and resolute in this day and age. Amen. And that is, uh, that's exactly what we need. Matter of fact, go with me to the book of Jeremiah. We were back there a minute ago. Go back there with me. I didn't understand this verse I'm about to read to you until I started preaching. In Jeremiah chapter number 1, God's calling Jeremiah to preach and saying, I want you to go over there. And let all these yahoos have it for a little while. And God gives them some instruction before he, before he does it. Jeremiah chapter number 1, verse number 17, the Bible says, Thou therefore gird up thy loins and arise, and speak unto them all that I command thee. Be not dismayed at their faces. 
I didn't understand that until I started preaching. God told Jeremiah, I want you to stand up in front of these people and I want you to rip, snort, and, and, and just let her fly. And when they go, to you, you keep preaching. And when they go, to you, you keep letting the fur fly. And when they start going, oh, to you, you keep saying what I told you to say. And you can't believe some of the things I've seen in Baptist churches over the years. I was at a church one time in Missouri. I started preaching. I got to about 20-minute mark. There was a man sitting right there on the front, and uh, he wore a, a big watch on his right hand. And, uh, and, and I noticed about 20-minute mark, he just stick his big old watch out. I, didn't, I thought he's having a seizure. I didn't know, I didn't know what he's doing. And, I, and then he put it back down. And then I, I wasn't done yet. And so I got about 25 minute mark. I, I thought, what's wrong with this man? About that time, Michael J. Fox, everybody's talking about he got Parkinson's. I thought that's what that was. I didn't know what was going on. And I got about 30 minute mark. Finally, it dawned on me what he was doing. I preached an hour and 25 minutes that night. Ain't no, ain't no yahoo go tell me how long to preach. I'll, I'll be done soon, preacher. I'm sorry. I, I've had people meet me in the parking lot. Can't believe you said that. I said that. That's what it says. I mean, I mean, there's, you see, can you read? People do that to me on the internet every day. Got an email just the other day. Somebody saying, I'm, I'm going to call Shepherdsville Police Department, tell people that you're saying this, this, this. I said, call them. I'll call them for you. You know, whatever. Be not dismayed at their faces. Truth be told, you see right now they're getting ready to overturn Roe v. Wade and all these harlots at Jezebel's are rallying and going to Supreme Court justices' homes. You know what that is? That's, a, that's an intimidation tactic. You know, they, they may as well be just sacrifice a goat and rub goat blood on their, on their face and run around with spears going, because that's what they are. Bloodthirsty barbarians. Degenerates going straight to the pits of hell is what they are. Degenerates going straight to the pits of hell is what they are. And they try to do that to the Supreme Court justices and they try to do that to the average pastor too. You can't say that. Yes, I can. You know why? Because God said that. And I'm just going to let the fur fly. Amen. Is that okay to say? Go with me to Acts chapter number 7. I want to show you this. There was a preacher in Acts chapter number 7 who got up and let the fur fly. And he told it like it was. And they had a problem with it. And guess what he did? He kept preaching. He kept letting the fur fly. And he was obedient to God. The Bible says here, this is the stoning of Stephen. And Stephen says in Acts chapter 7, verse number 51, Ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, ye always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did, so do ye. 
Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? And they have slain with them which have showed before of the coming of the just one, of whom you have now been, uh, been now the betrayers and murderers who have received the law by the disposition of angels and have not kept it. I'm going to tell you what he did. He ripped their faces off and told them the truth with boldness. He obviously had not been to Joel Osteen's ministry school. Glory to God. I'm glad he didn't. And the Bible says in verse number 54 of the same chapter, when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart and gnashed on him with their teeth. But he being full of the Holy Ghost looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God and said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. And they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears. That's ridiculous. And ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, saying, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Ladies and gentlemen, that's a preacher. That's a man of God. He wasn't driving around with Bugattis and all this kind of crazy stuff, living in an ivory palace, telling everybody how wonderful they are. He was a normal guy getting up, telling a bunch of people how wicked they were and how they had killed Jesus and how that there was blood on their hands. And if they didn't receive Christ as their Savior, they're going to die and go to hell. And he was not dismayed at their faces. He was not intimidated by the things that they were trying to do. This man stood for God. And I want to tell you, I'd rather take Stephen over Tim Tebow any day of the week, my friend. And you tell him I said so, too. Pray for your preacher that he would be resolute and just let the fur fly and be not afraid of losing a family. Be not afraid of losing a deacon. And be not afraid of losing anybody. Because the Word of God says what it says. And that's just how it is. So pray for your preacher that he is resolute. Number three, go with me to the book of Philippians, if you will. Is everybody okay? We're only halfway through this. Some of y'all are going to have to go outside real quick, smoke a cigarette after church, and calm your nerves a little bit. Brother Rick got real nervous when I said that. Amen. <laughs> Pray for your preacher that he'd be refreshed. Pray for your preacher he'd be resolute. But number three, pray for your preacher that he would raise up Christ. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 1, verse number 12, But I would you should understand, brethren, that the things which have happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel, so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the place, or palace, and in all other places. And many of the brethren of the Lord waxing confident in my bonds uh, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. The one preached Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my bonds, but the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. What then, notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and, and I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. And look in verse number 19. Here we go. For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer, and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation 
and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always so, now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. You know what Paul's saying there? Paul is the great preacher going around preaching all over the world, and he's locked away in a Roman prison. And uh, the funny thing is, it was, it, it was that the fact that the Romans locked him up actually caused the gospel to go even farther than it would have if they'd have just left him alone. Y'all ever heard of something called the Streisand effect? Y'all ever heard that before? There's a, there's a woman, Barbara Streisand. Y'all know who that is? Somebody was flying an airplane down the coast of California, taking pictures straight down of every house on the coast of California. And uh, one of those houses, and he was posting these pictures on the internet, just, just a picture montage of the coast of California. One of the houses they took a picture of was Barbara Streisand. And she threw a royal fit, and I think she actually tried to sue the guy, saying, get the picture of my house off the internet. And the tabloid picked it up, and guess what? That picture of her house went viral just to stick it to her. If she'd just left it alone, nobody would have even known it happened because she threw such a fit. It went everywhere. It went viral. It's called the Streisand effect. Cultural phenomenon. Very interesting. But in a sense, them locking up Paul was like a Streisand effect for the gospel. Everybody's talking about it now. But this is what he said there in verse number 20. He said, I want Christ to be magnified in my body through this situation. He's saying, pray, pray for me that through all this, Christ would get the glory. I want to tell you right now that I, I don't want to be the type of preacher that points you to me. I don't want to be the type of preacher that points you to a movement. I don't want to be the type of preacher that points you to other preachers. I want to be the type of preacher that points you to Jesus Christ. I want you to walk out of hearing my sermons, loving Jesus more than you did before. I want you to hear me talk in my, my YouTube videos and the things that I do. And I want you to I want that to result in you loving Jesus more than you did before. There was an old story I read years ago of a family. They went to England and there was two hotshot preachers in England. They wanted to go here. They went to one on one Sunday, and the other one they went to the next Sunday was Charles Haddon Spurgeon. And they walked out of the church the first Sunday hearing that hotshot preacher. They walked out of the building saying, Wow. What a preacher. The next Sunday they went to hear Charles Haddon Spurgeon and they walked out of that church saying, wow, what a savior. That's the kind of preacher that I want to be. And you pray that I can be that kind of preacher. You pray that I won't make it about me and that I would, that God, no matter my circumstances or situations, that God would use me to magnify Christ in this generation. Can I give you one more point tonight? Is everybody all right? I want you to go to 2 Thessalonians chapter number 3. 2 Thessalonians chapter number 3. Pray how to pray for a preacher. Pray that he'd be refreshed. Pray that he'd be resolute. Pray that he would raise up Christ. But in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, you need to pray that he would be rescued from wicked and unreasonable men. The Bible says there in First Thessalonians, or excuse me, Second Thessalonians, chapter three, verse one. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified, even as it is with you, 
Notice verse 2. And that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. For all men have not faith. I circled two words there. I circled the word unreasonable and I circled the word wicked. I have found that unreasonable people are wicked and wicked people are almost always unreasonable. If I can take the Bible and I can explain to you logically and clearly why I believe something and you spiral out of control and snarl and ah at, at what I mean, and we may disagree it's okay we can disagree but if i can show you clearly what i believe and that's not good enough for you 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 want more more no no you, and you're just completely irreasonable you're a wicked man that got quiet i want to tell you right now we're living in the day and age now there are some people out there who are, that's, that is their goal in life, is to attack preachers. Now, my goal in life is to attack false preachers. But the inverse of that is true. There are people out there that their goal in life is to attack good preachers, doctrinally sound preachers, and wear them out. And quite frankly, I think that the reason most good preachers are discouraged today is because their, their biggest critics are very loud and their biggest fans are very quiet. I think that's true. But there are people out there that they glory in finding faults, as if that brings some sort of justification to themselves. And I'm going to tell you right now, you hear me, with all this Me Too stuff going on, there's coming a day where preachers are going to be brought to task for things that never happened. For no other reason other than they are a preacher of the gospel and that wicked and unreasonable people exist out there. I was on Facebook not, not long the other day and I'm in a couple of these groups and I was just, you know, doing... I do, do like you do, just scrolling through my phone and a, a comment caught my eye on a, on a post and it said, he believes the King James Bible. And I thought, well, hang on, wait a minute. i got to go back to that. Let's see what that is. I wonder who what and, and 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 this group were discussing some some scoundrel. He believes the King James Bible. He believes that women who wear pants are going to hell. I thought, who in the world is this? He believes that if a woman doesn't have hair down to her ankles, then she's not right with God. He believes that, you know, if you've ever listened to a street Steve Green song ever in your life, you're not saved. And ridiculous things like he believes that it's okay to eat bologna without it being fried. I mean, everything imaginable. And I thought, what? Whoa, who, who is this, this dirtbag that they're talking about? And I realized it was me. And I thought to myself, Brother Bill, I was reading that and I thought, I. I have never said that. There's not one time in my life I have ever said that. Never. Brother Johnny, you, you've been my, have I ever said if you read a, something other than the King James Bible, you're not saved? Have I ever said that? Stephen Anderson says that. I've never said that. But you Google Spencer Smith. I found out not long ago, me and Greg Locke down in Nashville, Tennessee, punched a Dunkin' Donuts man in the mouth. Did you know that? I didn't even know it happened. 
That was on a website. If I was there, it had to be me because Greg Locke's a big sissy and he ain't going to punch nobody. But it didn't happen. if, if If it was, I blacked out for a few days. I don't know. I Googled myself. I found out that I'm I found out that I'm worth six million dollars. I wish that was true. I'd have some camping property and I'd be uh, be gone right now. Amen. But you need to pray for preachers that they would be rescued from wicked and unreasonable people because they exist. And there's a lot of stories I could say right there. But I'll share this one with you. How many of you have ever heard of the Welch Revival? Would you raise your hand you heard of the Welch Revival? I studied the Welch Revival a couple of years ago, and it was this great sweeping of revival. Millions of people in England, Scotland, and Wales got saved. And I studied it, and I was amazed at how powerful it was. There was a young man named Evan Roberts who uh, got saved and started praying every day at the, from the age of 13 all the way till he's about 26 that God would give him the power of the Holy Spirit upon his life. He prayed that for over 10 years of his life. And uh, he started preaching, and God did give him what he asked for. And he would travel with a group of people and there was, there was a trio of young ladies that would travel with him and there was other people too, just a, just a mixed company group, small group of people to travel with him. And he'd go and preach in churches. He, the ladies would sing and he would preach 20 minutes and he'd leave and they'd still be having service three days later because God the Holy Ghost was moving in that place. But the one thing that blew my mind about the Welch Revival was that it only lasted about 18 months. It could have lasted a lot longer. But it was all centered around Evan Roberts, that young man. And right in the middle of the Welch Revival, some carnal, wicked, jealous preacher accused him of inappropriate relationships with those girls. It broke his heart, and he stopped preaching. It broke his heart, and he stopped preaching. Can you imagine standing at the judgment seat of Christ And God reveals to you that all these people are getting saved because of a wicked thing you said, it stopped. And the blood on your hands. I would say, like Paul said, 2 Thessalonians 3, 2, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. Because those people will wear you out. And if you don't believe that they're coming after preachers, you ain't been paying attention. Because they are. And so how do you pray for preachers? How do you pray for them? Pray for they'd be refreshed. Pray that they'd be resolute. Pray that they would raise up Jesus Christ. And pray, pray that they would be rescued from wicked and unreasonable men. Because all men have not faith. Like Moses needed people to hold up their hands. Preachers today need folks the same way. And I encourage you to do so. Let's pray and preacher, if you'll come take the service as you will. Father, bless now this time. Oh God, speak to hearts and use us for your glory. Pray the. When I was 18 years old, I was under terrible conviction of my sin and I didn't understand what I needed to do. I really was lost and had no man to guide me. I went to the grocery store and a book caught my eye and it was called God's Promises for Your Every Need. 
This is the exact copy of that book, the one that I bought when I was 18. As I was going through the book, I discovered that it really didn't have a whole lot about the plan of salvation in there. And I told the Lord, I said, Lord, if you'll let me someday, I'd like to do a book, something like this, but better. And that being said, the Lord has allowed us to do a book just like that. And we are thrilled to introduce to you guys today the Doctrine Matters Bible Topic Guidebook. This book has over 300 pages of Bible verses categorized in all different relevant topics. What does the Bible say about addiction? What does it say about being afraid? What does it say about alcohol? What does it say about backsliding and baptism, the local church? Uh, what does it say about carnality and character? Uh, we cover topics like finances, money, persecution, preaching, profanity, sobriety, strife, vengeance, unbelief, your thoughts, your testimony, your walking with God, worship and witnessing and zeal. All of that is covered in this book. This book contains over 2,000 different verses on all these topics. And we encourage you guys to hit the link in the description below and buy one of these off of Amazon and consider buying one for a friend or a family member as a gift. And you could buy one for a person who's struggling because this book is designed to help people understand what the Bible has to say about all these great topics. We pray that the Lord would bless you as you get your copy of the Doctrine Matters Bible Topic Guidebook. Guys, if you're like me, you are sick of all this corporate media completely lying to you every day. You don't even know what's going on. All you're getting is propaganda. You're not getting real news. And so with that in mind, we created thirdadam.com your trusted source for fundamental Baptist news. We have assembled a team of great researchers and writers that can give you good biblical worldview takes on current events. Please bookmark this website and go there every day. We post all the time. So go visit today, thirdadam.com, 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 your trusted source for fundamental Baptist news. Well, hey guys, your friend Spencer here. I want to talk to you about channel membership. This channel has turned into like a gigantic global thing. And we have so many things we're trying to do and we have expenses we're trying to meet and we need your help to do so. So YouTube has allowed us to be in something called the YouTube membership program. And that's what we have now where you can pay monthly to support this channel and just do it right through YouTube. And there's certain perks that you get uh, for doing this. And we want you guys to be a part of that. And there's so many things you get for being a channel member. So let me do this. I want to show you this, this uh, screenshot here. And this is from YouTube right on our channel here. And basically what we have is these five levels of membership that you could be a part of. Uh, one is $1.99 a month. Uh, two is $9.99 a month. Three is $24.99 a month. Four is $49.99. And level five, is $99.99 a month. So level one is $1.99 a month. All you got to do is hit the join button on our channel and you get one of these loyalty badges next to your name and you get to use all these super cool emojis. Now, everybody who is a channel member gets to be a part of our super secret list of videos that only you people can have. Okay, we have, we have like so many good videos behind that paywall that all of you folks can have and be blessed by. You can have
have all that for just a dollar ninety nine a month. Now, once you go up to ten dollars a month, level two, uh, we will actually send you a free CD. And I've got CDs all around here that we use, and we'll just send you one of them for free, just as a thank you to that. And then also, if you join at level three, which is twenty four ninety nine a month, uh, then you get to have not only just a, a CD, but you get a book that we have. Now, what we have is we we put on here sending our book, Calling Evil Good, the Live Christian Rock and Roll, which I have a copy of it right here. Now, if you want one of these, that'll be fine. We'll send you one of those. But we also now have the Dr. Matters Bible Study Journals, and you can have either one of these. So we'll send you one, no problem, just as a thank you for joining our channel. We certainly would appreciate that. And then also, uh, for $49.99, you get all the books, the CDs, and then even we're going to try to send you some uh, some more uh, discounts on our spread shirt items and things like that. We'll take care of you on that and we'll try to work something out with you. And then also level five, you get basically the same thing. So uh, guys, listen, this is a way that you get to be a part of what God is doing on our channel and get to be involved in all this. And so level one, you get all the loyalty badges, access to all the videos. Level two, you get all, everything mentioned before and a CD. Level three, you get everything and a book with a CD and all the membership perks and everything like that. And the level four and five, you get a lot of uh, spread shirt item stuff and all that. So all you have to do to claim all these perks is uh, once you join, just email us, spencersmithmembers at gmail.com, spencersmithmembers at gmail.com, and tell us what what you want. Give us your name and address. We'll send it right to you, man. We'd love to have you guys be a part of this. We have so many special videos exclusively for our channel members coming up in the very near future. You don't want to miss out on that. God bless you guys. We love you, and we will see you all very soon. Hey guys, your friend Spencer here. A couple years ago, the Lord laid on my heart to do some research into the contemporary Christian music world, and I was astounded at, at what I found. I just found so many unbelievably unbiblical things, even some demonic things that were happening. And the Lord led me to put all that into a book form, and this is the book we've written, Calling Evil Good, The Live Christian Rock and Roll. And as far as books that are dealing with the negative and the dangerous aspects of contemporary Christian music, this book right now is the number one seller as of the time of the recording of this video. And so uh, we want to put this out there and let you know about this book. Uh, this book will be shipped to your front door by Amazon. And we've had so many good reports from all over the world, really, of people saying that, man, this book really opened up my eyes to the truth of this entire industry. And we deal with people like Hulk Hogan, Britney Spears, Beyonce, uh, Amy Grant, Alice Cooper, Elvis Presley, Larry Norman, R. Kelly, Puff Daddy, and all the record companies really all together. We deal with the, the whole big spectrum. So get your copy to Today, there's a link in the description below, and I know this book will help you understand the issue better and understand why this is an issue. So God bless you, friend. Hope you enjoyed the book. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and look forward to many good updates with you in the future. God bless you.
good. It's real good. <laughs>